But all right, let's finish off uh, our series for uh, this month, this being the last Sunday. We want to welcome all of you who are here for the first time with us today. We say the Lord bless you. All right. We are doing that series, The Foundational Patterns. And so last week we talked about the integrity of the Word of God. And I've been persuaded to finish that off. I thought I was going to talk about prayer because I gave you two points out of seven. So pray hard that you get all the five points today so that it's a complete package. Are you all okay? You look frozen. Look at your neighbor. Are you frozen? Just look at it. Are you frozen? Amen. Amen. We said that one of the first things that we need as God's people, as believers, is to make sure that we set the right foundations in our lives. In the last weeks, we've talked at length about the importance of foundations. And we said last week that one of the first things we need to learn and to teach new believers is the importance of the foundation of God's word in our lives. This is the first pattern that we find in the ministry of Christ, in the early church, and even in the Old Testament. We note that this pattern was modeled. Jesus, in his preaching himself, when he went about preaching, went about ministering to people, this is the pattern he followed. He went on preaching, teaching, and healing. Somebody say it with me. Preaching. Say it once more. Preaching. Say it like the weather is very nice and it's very hot and sun and shiny and everything. Say it again. Preaching and healing. All right. So, you know, I wonder if it's like because it's cold out here. And how many of you know ceramics can Or week. What do you say, ladies? Yeah, I must go and get my Brazilian weave. I mean, I really see my voice is already getting affected because of the cold air can And you won't allow me to wear a hat when I'm preaching, some of you. Oh. Amen. So, what was I saying now? Preaching, teaching, and healing. Say it with me. Preaching, teaching, and healing. And so we see in Matthew 4, 23, it says, Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. So we, were, we went to great lengths last week showing that example. We also see how the apostles themselves even when they were running the church and it began to grow, that they, they actually said that they were going to prioritize the teaching of the word. As a matter of fact, in Acts chapter 2, when people got saved, in verse 41, it says, and those who accepted the message were baptized. There was about 3,000 of them who were added to the number that day. Verse 42 says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. You see, Basalana, the word and prayer is among the two foundational patterns that we must never walk away from. And if you are going to be a, a, a strong Christian, you can never be a strong Christian without the foundation of these two. Are you there, Basalana? So it's an important thing. First Peter 2, we are, uh, we are exhorted to lay aside all malice and hypocrisies. Verse 2 says, as newborn babes, desire the sincere milk of the word. 
The New Living Translation says, like newborn babies, you must crave the pure spiritual milk of the word. So, we need to get established or hooked on the word of God. Why? Because Jesus told us in Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my word will stand forever. So, if you build your life on God's word, your life will stand. Even when things pass away, you will stand. Even when people come and go, you will stand. All right? Even when situations come and go, you will stand. Tell your neighbor, even if you're cold, neighbor, you will stand as well. So, there's a value of putting God's word in the center of our lives. So, we, we concluded last week by talking about the value of God's word. First of all, we said, listening and hearing the word will build our faith. All right? If you think your faith is small, if you think your faith is not strong enough, The way to build up your faith is to hear the word of God. The Bible says in Romans 10, 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We talk about faith as a shield which is able to quench all the attacks of the enemy. So when you listen to the word of God, it builds faith in your life. Then we ended with the second point, which is the seventh point, where we said that the word of God When believed and acted upon, it grows and increases and affects every area of your life. I use the example of our life like this being your life, a, a garden full of weeds. And when you come to Christ, God changes this particular corner here and makes you to be a born again Christian by changing you in your spirit. But you see, our life doesn't only consist in our spiritual lives. Our life consists in so many other things. Even if I'm a spirit being, I I run finances, I live in a physical body, I live in relationships, I have a career, and all kinds of things. So God's word starts in this little corner. If you give it enough time in your life, it will affect all other things in our lives. Can I hear an amen? amen? Jesus said it in Mark chapter 4, that the word of God, when it's sown in the ground, it is like a small mustard seed. But when it grows, it becomes the biggest tree in the whole garden, so that even the birds of the air come and lodge under the shadow of it. And we saw when we read in the book of Acts how the word of God has a tendency to increase in people's lives. Acts chapter 6 verse 7, it says, and the word of God increased. And the number of the disciples multiplied. So number one, we see the word of God growing or increasing. Acts chapter 12 verse 24, and the word of God grew and multiplied. Acts 19, 20, it says, and the word of God grew and prevailed. So first of all, we know that the word grows. Somebody say it with me, the word grows. Thank you. Say it again, the word grows. Then number two, it says, and the word multiplies. Somebody say multiply. Say it again, multiply. Then number three, it says the word prevail. Somebody say prevail. Prevail. So it starts by this, you know, when when you act on God's word and believe it and read it, it starts growing in your life. But that's not the end of the story. You move into another gear. You move into another level where the word of God multiplies. How many of you know that addition and multiplication are not the same? Three plus three is what? Ten. You are right. 
Three times three is what? Some of you sons and the computer check. Huh? 12 plus 12 is what? 12 multiplied by 12 is what? Oh, hey, some of you. It's a certain generation that's answering. There's this newer generation. The born freeze who don't know what we're talking about. 15 plus 15 is what? 15 multiplied by 15 is what? Yeah, I got you. I got you. I got you. Okay, let's go. 20 plus 20 is what? 20 multiplied by 20 is what? Huh? Almost. Yes, a born free who knows how much it is. So you see, when you move into multiplication, you move into a higher gear. So the word grows. It's almost like the word adds something to your life. It grows. But then if you stay with it, you move into multiplication. You see, the longer you stay in these things of God, the more fruit and the more results you see. It's the more it affects other areas of your life. It just started by you going to church, being born again, knowing that Jesus is the savior of your life. But before you know where you are, your financial life is under God's control and God's hand. You move into a supernatural finance. And then before you know where you are, how are police too much, how are too much, you are healed by the stripes of Jesus and the word moves. Before you know where you are, there's peace that passes all understanding. Can I hear an amen in the house? Before you know where you are, how's a rockan? How's a ratabo my shoes, libo my brother? Are you understanding what I'm saying? Before you know where you are, your first response to any situation is from the Bible. It's not like before where your first response to no rockan. Why? Because the word has increased and the word has multiplied and the word prevailed. I see the word of God prevailing in your life. And then when the word prevails, it goes beyond you. It goes to your children and it goes to your children's children. It goes to that generation. And before you know where you are, the word begins to lift you out of poverty. Lift you out of defeat. Lift you out. Billy, you were, you were riddled by the power of darkness. Attacked by demons. But now, but about how they walk in the anointing of God. Because the word of God has increased. Can I hear an amen, Bazalam? Number two. The word of God is incorruptible. Or oh, number three, at least leave Papa. Number three. The word of God is incorruptible seed. R- write it down. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23 to 25. It says, if you have been born again, for you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable. I'm reading the New American Standard Bible. You have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and abiding word of God. See, the word of God, not only is it living, it's abiding. Could it, the word of God stays. When, once God's word has gone in, it stays. And what I like here, the, 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 the word of God is likened as unto a seed. You, I don't know how many of you know. Uh, yes, you know. I used to do gardening years ago when I was young. You know, I used to do gardening. And sometimes you, you plant seeds and you wonder your plants are not growing. So when you go and check, you know, after a long time, you know, of course, you know, things are not going to come out overnight. But now you realize it's almost three weeks. And there's, not, there's nothing that, you know, is evident, you know. So when you check, you either find that the seed has been tempered with maybe the birds came and ate it up. Or in some instances, the seed got rotten. You know, I don't know how many of you know that. Now, in this instance, it says the seed of God's word 
is incorruptible. It does not perish. In other words, once God's word has gone into the soil of somebody's heart, it will stay there forever. Are you understanding me? No, the word of God is is, is, is abiding seed, but not only is it abiding seed, it says we have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable, but through the living and abiding word of God. Listen to this. This is important. Seeds have locked up in them the power to germinate. See, if you, if you take a seed, even if it's been on a shelf for many years, the minute you put it into the ground, that seed begins to germinate. So locked up in the seed is the power to germinate. So all the seed needs is the right environment. You don't, you, don't have to, you don't have to tell it to grow. It will start growing. You can encourage it to grow. By, by, by watering and giving fertilizers, it has that ability, that power, that is pre-programmed and locked on the inside of it, that is genetically encoded to make it to release the power on the inside of it. God's word has the power on the inside of it to release what's inside of it. If it's the seed of God's word that has healing in it, when you put it in the soil of your heart, that seed will produce the healing power of God as long as you put it in the right environment. That's what I like. So which means this, Barcelona, whatever results you want to get in your life, you need to pick the, the right seed and the correct seed. Some of you are lungut. Let me explain to you. If you want tomatoes in your life, let's just give an example. You want to reap tomatoes in your life. You don't go and buy spinach seeds. Huh? You don't know. You go and buy the right seeds. I'm, I want tomatoes in my life. So, and, and then what must you do? You don't just buy the seed and put it on the shelf. No, you buy the seed and you put it in the ground. The same way with you. Here I am, I need healing in my life. I'm sick, I'm sickly. I'm not experiencing healing in my life. It's an area in my life where I'm not walking in victory. What do I do? Don't go and read about triple six. It's fine, you can read about triple six and the Antichrist, it's okay. But for, for my situation where I am, that's not the seed that I need. I don't need the triple six seed. I, I need the seed of healing in my life. So I go to the word of God and I look for scriptures that talk about healing. And what do I do? I start planting that in my heart. How do I plant it? How do I plant God's word in my life? I plant it through hearing. You listen to it. You read it to yourself. You buy CDs that talk about healing you. You plant the seed in your life. And if you keep planting the seed and you keep on looking after the seed, before you know where you are, that seed starts to unlock what is on the inside of it, which is healing power. Can I hear an amen in the house? Can I hear an amen in the house?
Not what Peter says in verse 24. He says, all flesh is like grass. And all the glory, like the flower of the grass. The grass withers. The flower falls off. But the word of the Lord abides forever. And this is the word which was preached to you. See, this is why, you know, you've you got to continually expose yourself to the preaching of the word. I'm telling you, through God, ten holy Bible, I won't say that. The more you expose yourself to God's word and listening to it and listening to it, I'm telling you, invariably, your life will start changing. Yeah. And that's what I was explaining last week. Many people, they don't, they don't want to stay with the process. Yeah. They don't want to stay with the process. Yeah. They want you to give them petrol, petrol, drive on them, kakoloi, put them in the freezer. They want all those kinds of funny things. Because they want instant results. They, they, don't, want, they don't want to apply themselves. But you see, this process, let me talk like the politicians, comrades, is sustainable. <laughs> are, you, are you understanding what I'm saying? It takes long, mara, it's sustainable. Why? Because the word of God abides. See, I, I started walking in divine healing several years ago when I discovered the scriptures on healing. I used to be a very sickly person. And I'm not saying I don't ever get attacked by sickness. I do. But I tell you, I'm not the same person that I used to be. There are conditions that I no longer have now. Are you understanding what I'm saying? And I'm walking in the healing power of God. Barely, I would never walk uh, in, in, and, you know, uh, during, during the day uh, under, under the sun. You know, if, if there was too much sunshine, I used to get migraine headaches and all kinds of things. Or if I was walking in the sun, the minute I came into the house, I'd get migraine headaches. All kinds of, I was sick all the time. Ear infections, nose infections. It wasn't a week where I wasn't, I wasn't sick. It was unusual for me not to be sick at least once a month. Some of you I know, you may be there right now. You may be there, and I understand that. I understand that. When I see myself preaching, going quale, strong, going quale, kikenamo, kitwambo, kijabmona, kiakai, other countries, I just eat kiatroha, kiatamo, fly over all, all night long, come here, come to the pulpit, preach, kokamo, kiakwale, and I'm saying, hey, I tell you what, the word of God abides. When I was young, I had, I had, there was no indication I could be this strong. See, see, the strength doesn't come from you. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their distractions. Yeah. It's not just in the area of healing, Bazalan. It's even in the area of finances. God can make you live in a financial life that is unbelievable and amazing. I, I was there too. When I sat in church, when the offering basket came, I, I busied myself with something else. Because I didn't have anything to give. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever I gave was the last thing. Sometimes, you know, the way I feel you. <laughs> 
And after we eat it, they are passing. You, you. I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. There was a time when I had so many debts. When I started working in 1980, I started working in 1981. I had so many debts that I accumulated that year because, you know, I wanted to buy my parents' furniture. You know, I wanted to buy books for school and so on. So I ended up with so many debts. Hey, how can you get a Did you call a tofel? So I prayed. I said, God, I want to be debt free. I want to, I don't, I don't like debt. And you know what I said? God started making sure my debts are paid. And this is what I realized. When I prayed, I was expecting, you know, those days when I was expecting to receive money in the post that somebody maybe from somewhere will write and say, God spoke to me. Here's the money. I learned, the, I learned the greatest lesson in my life. The Bible says God will supply all my needs. He didn't say he will give you money. He just said whatever need you have, he will supply. I mean, look, I mean, if all my needs are met, why, I mean, why do I have to have money? There's no need. If I'm just like you on Toko Banking. One day I went to pay one of my accounts. I'll never forget this. When I got the Kiruka Fatarbara, I said, no, you can't pay. I said, what do you mean? They said, no, the account has been paid for. I said, no, there's no way. There's no way. No way. I know, I owe, I know. Because, you know, I keep, keep a budget and I was owing a lot of money. They said, no, sir, you can't. Then I said, how can they? said, but somebody came here a few days ago to pay this account for you. So I wanted to know who it is. Then they said, look, he, he told us not to tell you who it was. What had happened was that a few days before, you know, I was walking around Kotropong, you know, and I had a certain amount of money in my pocket. I was looking to go buy something. And as I'm walking, I met somebody that I knew from Youth Alive who was in town. So as we were talking, this guy says to me in passing, hey, man, and you know, I can I the exact amount in my pocket? I tell you. You know, that's why you want to say, get thee behind me, Satan. I tell you. So when even when he said that, I didn't offer him the money. Because I I was gonna pay something. So I I I I I so Radu Medisana Baba, I went my way, went his way. But suddenly I skipped two blocks. The Spirit of God all the way was saying, Hey, Lord, the reason you came to town today was not to pay the account. I brought you here to give that guy money. Hey, I, have, you ever, have you ever heard something like that? And he said, Lord, and you were saying, Lord, I'll pray about it. Have you ever, ever said that? Nah, Lord, I'll pray about it. <laughs> two blocks later, I couldn't take it. I turned back and I was praying, I hope I find that person. Thankfully, I found him. And I said to him, Mighty King, uh, sorry. Nah. <laughs> God bless you. Go by them. And I went home. I mean, I only went to town to go meet this guy. This is before Nakoyadi takes it. You know, it used to take us a long time to go to town those years. So, you know, I didn't know. But in the week, Bazalana, from nowhere, 
Yes, I went to go pay for my account. That same account, which was more money than what I had given. Are you understand what I'm saying? I see the word of God producing the same results in your life. Yeah. That's why I was learning how to handle my money the biblical way. Because many of us, we don't know how to handle the money in a, in a God-honoring way. We don't tithe. We don't give. Even when God puts it in our house to go give somebody money, we don't obey. You know? We, we grew up, you have to hold on to whatever you have. So how to the The way we squeeze and cut In fact, more 10 ranting, not even 200. God has to, 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 to let help you be generous. I'm telling you, God's word increases in our lives. Can I hear an amen? So when you have planted the word of God in your heart through hearing and through acting on it and speaking it over your life, know that it will produce one day. Are you there, Basalana? Why? Because the word of God is incorruptible. Tell your neighbor, the word of God is incorruptible. Tell your other neighbor, the word of God is imperishable. Number four. Number four. Right. Number two, Nelly. No, Basalana. Number two, we said the word of God is like a seed. That's number two. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I made a mistake. Whoa. I'm the one who's preaching, not you. So that, that point has got two points to it. In A, L, B. Number one, number, number, so that will be number three. The word of God is a seed. Number four, the word of God is incorruptible seed. Still another point. It's one thing to be a seed, which we talked about, Seeds produce after their own kind. But this one is not only is it a seed, but it's incorruptible seed. In other words, how we jetsi highboli. Are we all on the same page now? Number five, hey. Get right. Let me sort out this confusion here. Mama Kut. Last week I gave you two points. Okay. Right. Third point, the word of God is a seed. That's number three. Number four, the word of God is incorruptible seed. That's number four. So number five. Am I right, ne? And a lemon television Number five, the word of God is likened as unto water. Water. Ephesians 5 from verse 25 in the NIV Bible. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Cleansing her by the washing of the water through the word to present her to himself a radiant change without stain or wrinkle or any blemish but holy and blameless. So, the word of God is likened as unto water. So the water of the word washes us and cleanses us as we listen to it and act on it. Watch this. This is important. 
The longer you stay under the word, hear it and believe it, and act on it, it will wash you and cleanse you. One of the, one of the major hurdles I had in my life as a young Christian is how do I stop sinning? You know, because, you know, when you're saved, you want to do right. You want to do right. Kipulusi chapu. Mara. Kitsamakile mabata. There are things in my life that continued. It's almost like I couldn't be free from them. And then I realized the mistake we make. We get up and we hit people on the head. Now, it's, it's okay if you hit me on the head and you tell me to stop. But if you don't empower me and show me how to stop, I'll never know how to stop. David answers that in Psalms 119, verse 9 to verse 11. He says, how can a young man keep his way pure? I'm reading the NIV. He says, by living according to your word. I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The more you hear God's word, listen to it and act on it, the word of God will cleanse your life. I'm telling you. Act on what the Bible says. Let me show you how easy it is. Let me show you how easy it is. See, already in you, you already are a changed person. Are you understanding? Eh? Are you understanding? Inside of you, you are already a changed person. You are born again. Your spirit wants to do what's right. Paul says it in Romans 7. He says, I have a law. He says, I want to do, the, the, uh, he says, I want to do what pleases God after the inward man. A Christian, it doesn't mean a Christian can sin, but a Christian can sin comfortably. Are you understanding? Because inside, something in here says you can't do that. It says, in fact, you shouldn't be doing that. Now watch now. The Holy Spirit in you is there as a helper. To help us against our infirmities. Now, our infirmities can be not knowing how to pray, but our infirmities is also our weaknesses. The Holy Spirit is in our lives to help us live right. So here we go. When a situation comes up where I have an opportunity to be hateful to somebody, the Holy Spirit, whom Jesus says he will remind you of what I said to you. Something in me, when I want to respond in a hateful way, something in me will say, don't. Now if you've been reading God's word along those lines, that word of God will be brought to the surface by the Holy Spirit. No, no, no. Don't return evil for evil. Now, here we go. Here we go. Your choice at that time is to either yield to what your flesh wants or yield to what your spirit wants. You have a choice at that time. You can either do what your body wants to do or rather you can follow what your inward man is prompting you to do. So, instead of umruhake, ubo we tulela fele. 
You know, sometimes who alright to who Now it doesn't mean you feel any different. You don't. Because your, your body has been programmed to behave in a certain way. But what we're trying to do, we're trying to re-educate our body and reprogram our body to behave differently. So instead of lashing out and giving them a piece of my mind, and I walk away from it. So what do I do? I yield. See, when you read Galatians chapter 5, Paul says, Paul says, you know, the, 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 the flesh lusts against the spirit. Unfortunately, the, the Bible capitalizes the word spirit. The word spirit there in Galatians chapter 5 is not supposed to be capitalized. It's not that your body is fighting with the Holy Spirit. It is so, but your body is fighting with your born-again recreated spirit. In your spirit, in your born-again spirit, there are things ever since Upuluswa. Our circle comfortable nazo. Tell the truth. There's places Mauyaguzo. You are no longer comfortable going to those places. You are no longer comfortable hanging around certain environments. Our, our problem is that instead of yielding to what our inward man is telling us, we are yielding to what the body is telling us. So watch. When you yield to what your spirit says and walk away, then what that does is the word of God now starts washing off this area. God starts detoxifying you. Gulo laga lo. Linkane e. Are you understanding what I'm saying? God starts working. So God's word takes the, the water of the word and starts watching you. But watch, Basalan. The word, the word of God, not only is it like water, but the word of God also prunes. It, look, look what Jesus says in the book of John. Are, are you learning something this morning? Are you learning? I want to show you. So most people don't understand why we must act on God's word. John chapter 15. Listen to what Jesus says from verse 1 to verse 8. He says, I'm the true vine. My father is the gardener. Verse 2. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that... Uh, he cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it. Somebody say prunes it. Say it again. How many of you know when you prune, you still cut? Mara, you don't cut in a destructive way. You cut in a strategic way. And your cutting is to cut so that the branch can produce even more fruit. Are you, are you understanding? So the word of God prunes our lives. Cuts off things that are going to prevent you from being a productive Christian. See, when you hear God's word and act on it, it cuts off things in your life. See, most people don't understand. There are things that are preventing you from moving into certain dimensions with God. See, when we live right, we don't do God a favor. Yeah. We do us a favor. Somebody say hallelujah. Watch this now. Jesus says, you are already clean, verse 3, because of the word that I have spoken unto you. You're already clean. In other words, you are already pruned. 
When you stay in the environment of the word of God, and you act on it and you listen to it and you hear it, before you know where you are, so I'm telling you, I promise you. Particularly if you act on it and if you obey what the word says, just do what it says. If it says love, just love. If it says forgive, just forgive. Some of us, let's tell the truth. The way we were back then, never such a relevant. Way back in 1902. And people knew how come some of us are relevant to do men. I don't know what you say it in English. War agree. But now they don't understand what has happened to you. Hausa Tugan. Hausa Ling. Hausa Nankan. It's not that also of tea. No, no. You've just learned to be Christ-like, but you are strong. Oh, yeah. You are forgiving. You are loving. You encourage people. Some of us, we used to be so negative. You know, have you ever heard those people? I know you don't know what I'm talking about. That's why you are laughing. I know. But here you are now. You are an encourager. You are so different. Why? The word of God has cleaned all those things. Pruned all those things. Your language is better. Hallelujah. Number six. Number six. The word of God gives direction to your life. The word of God gives direction to your life. Is it number six that I'm on? Yes. All right. Psalms 119 verse, one, verse 105. Thy word is a lamp to my feet. And a light to my path. Remember number seven. The word of God is a primary source of establishing the will of God on any matter. The word of God is the fundamental way through which God guides us as his children. In other words, God's word defines what truth is and what lies are. Jesus says in John 17, 17, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. The new century version says, make them ready through your service, through your truth. Your teaching is truth. What number am I on now? Seven. Is that number seven? One more. This is six. My last point. I get it seven points. Finally. Whew. Thank you, Jesus. Number seven. The word of God is alive and powerful. And Mamelang, we learned this from Dr. L. Bernard. It has what he calls a first strike effect. Let me explain. Hebrews 4.12 says, The word of God is alive and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, is a discerner of the thoughts, somebody say thoughts, and intent, somebody say intents, of the heart. So the word of God goes way into the recesses of our soul. The New Living Translation says, For the word of God is alive and powerful, is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit. Just like surgeons in a skillful way can be able to cut between 
very sensitive parts of your body in theater. The word of God skillfully cuts between soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Note what it says. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Wow. In other words, God's surgical instrument called the word of God intercepts our thoughts before they can become actions. Intercepts our desires before they can be conceived and we can be pregnant with them. Then it says, verse 13, nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked, exposed before his eyes, and is the one to whom we are accountable. So in other words, God's word, note this, very often when people have been put before a court of law, and they are being prosecuted, say in this instance, for murder, they say we're prosecuting you because this murder was premeditated. What they actually mean is you thought about this thing before you did it. But even when they prosecute you, the law can only prosecute you after you have committed the act. So even if they take you into a corrective measure or for rehabilitation, they rehabilitate you after the facts. God's word intercepts the thought when it's still in a thought form. God's word intercepts the desire whilst it is still being consumed. In other words, even before you can act on it, God's word intervenes. It has the first strike effect. They strike after the second. They strike much later. The word of God strikes even before, before, before. That's the power of God's word. See, you would never know what I think about you. And that's why our judgment of, as people, of other people is so poor. Because we only judge the act. But we don't know what informs the act. God knows the intents and the thoughts. And here's what's good. He addresses it even before it can become an act. Wow. I'm saying, that's why if you live by God's word in your life, in your marriage, in your company, in your whatever, you'll have the best kinds of people ever. Yeah. Because when the devil tries to influence me to dislike you, the word of God just intercepts that thought. Even before I dislike you, it deals with me. You won't even know I was just about to dislike you. But the law prosecutes me after I have disliked you. So the law is always late. They come after you are a murderer. The word intercepts the thoughts of murder and arrests it. So if the men were to live by God's word, we wouldn't be killing the women. It intercepts the thought of rape. And the thought comes and the word says, you can't do that. And you deal with the thought. It's not an innocent look. That's what David says. He says, how shall a young man cleanse his way? He says, by giving heed to your word. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. Yeah. I'm telling you, God's word will elevate your life to another level. 
God's word will bring you to a place where you are free. You know, Nati, when you know in your heart of hearts you are sincere and you are honest. Instead of putting on a facade, acting like. But when you know God's word, and you know, it's not because I can do it in my strength. It's because God's word can do it in my life. Yeah. So let's allow God's word, Bazalon, in our hearts. As it's been preached and taught and proclaimed, let's not fight against it. Let's say, God, whatever you want to do in my life, do it. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Some of you are here this morning. You've been invited. You've come on your own. But you haven't received Christ as Savior and Lord as yet in your life. And today as you've come, you want to say, you know what, Lord, here's my life. I give it to you. You need prayer. Let's bow our heads, please, and close our eyes. Right where you are, if you say, please pray for me. I'm still at that stage in my life. I look at my life. I see things are not where they should be. I look around at what's going on in my life. My life is not pleasing to God in any way. But today I realize that Jesus can change my life and make me a new person and a child of God. Would you pray for me? Would you raise your hand if that's you and you need prayer this morning? I need God to help me, please. Would you raise your hand, please, right where you are? Just raise it up and pray for you. Thank you for those hands. Thank you. Keep the hand raised, please. Thank you so much. Thank you for those hands. Thank you. I love it when people respond to God. Only God can change our lives. No one else and nothing else. May I ask those of you who raised their hands, would you please just stand right where you are, please? Can you stand on your feet? Thank you so much. Thanks, my brother. Thank you. I saw there's one hand at the back. Thank you, sir. One more. Some more. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you, Jesus. I want to pray for you.